Hello and welcome back to The Fool and the Page, a podcast for writers, the tarot curious, and for all of us making stories to make sense of things, hosted by me, Claire Campbell, your fellow seeker and storyteller. This episode on temperance is inspired by a listener request. Thank you to fellow writer Megan Clark for this request. And oof, this is a big, beautiful welcome energy and also a total challenge when we try to think about this card in relation to the creative process, um, writing, making things. So yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting about it. Quick heads up, there are only two spots left, I think, for my New Moon Tarot readings on Friday, April 1st. This is a special sale on one-hour readings in celebration of New Moon Magic. You can register at bluestonewriters.com. Grab your spot while you can. And now for the episode. So to talk about temperance, I think we really have to look at the card that comes right before it in the journey of the second line of the major arcana, and that is death. Um, So for this episode, I encourage you to pull both death and temperance from your deck of choice. I'll be looking at the wild unknown. And I say we need to look at death because temperance energy, however welcome, however wonderful, powerful, transformative, it can be a little hard to define. But if we look at the energy that comes right before it, this energy of the ultimate letting go, it can remind us of a question that we all need to be asking ourselves occasionally in the creative process, and that is, what do we need to let go of? What are we clinging to? Like, what are we holding on to knuckle straining, either in the story that we're making or the goals that we're defining? And if we let go, can we make ways for some bigger magic? So welcome. Welcome writers, welcome artists, welcome temperance, and welcome surprise guest, death. So again, I'm looking at the wild unknown. If you'd like to search for those images or pull your own versions, I like the birds in this deck. And here we have two very different birds. In temperance, we have a beautiful heron against a prismatic rainbow, colorful background, doing some kind of alchemical, powerful shit with a flame and water combo that seems to be born out of its very being. And then in death, card right before it, we have the skeletal remains of a bird. We have these white bones on a black background, this like gorgeous, you know, black and white that Kim Kranz does. There's a few feathers, maybe. I think there's a few feathers left behind. Like maybe this bird left the room not too, too long ago. And the letting go of this physical form for this brittle bare reminder of the creature that was, to me is akin to like a discarded cocoon or chrysalis, something that that was full of life moments before and suddenly it's this empty shell, sometimes transparent or pale compared to the brightly colored thing that has flown off and taken on a new life. And then by obvious contrast, temperance is just bursting with color and life. And whether or not you have a bird, 
you may you may have a figure on this deck. You may have a person. It may be an angel. There is typically some suggestion of flight, of wings, of of magic. There's there's usually some kind of alchemical thing happening with with a person or figure or angel. You'll oftentimes see two chalices of water. The figure passing the two chalices of water back and forth in their hands, passing passing the water back and forth in a way that that actually looks impossible. They're not spilling anything. It's going back and forth. It's going up and down. The water's moving up and down. That's crazy. When you think about opening yourself up to the impossible, to the unbelievable, to something that is bigger than yourself, whether that's your your higher self or the wild expanse of nature or the magic you tap into when you work in community, there's always a shedding of ego there letting go of the notion that you're meant to do this all by yourself. So sometimes when we look at temperance as this advice to perhaps find balance or take a kind of middle ground, I think we can easily start to move into this territory of, okay, well, what can I do on my own to carve out balance, to temper things in my life, to be more balanced, to find harmony? Like, this all sounds like a lot of work. And death is letting go. Death is just letting go. Temperance is flight. Temperance is big magic. It's extra. And it's transformed. We're not the same person or artist that we were in the death phase. We're something new. And I think in order to embrace that transformation, we got to leave something behind. Okay, so if temperance were to advise the artist to tap into this big energy, particularly if you are pulling this card on repeat, if this card is visiting you a lot lately, I think temperance might pose the question, what are you holding on to still? Because you're ready to let go. You've actually reached the second, the end, sorry, the end of the second line of the major arcana. You have... You have started off facing your fears, facing that lion, that bear, befriending those fears, going into perhaps a challenging, dark, intimidating journey, adventure, quest. And so once you reach the end, you, you're ready to let go of something. You're not the same person you were when you started off that, that, that phase. So I'll use myself as an example in this question of like, what are you holding on to? For a really long time with the novel that I was working on, I was clinging to this idea that my character, my main character was selected, chosen, marked for this adventure that she was going on. And at one point, my writing partner, Carolyn Cohagen, um, previous guest on this podcast, Carolyn wisely posed the question, does she have to be chosen? Does she? What if she's here by accident? What if she's not the chosen one? For me, it was such a breakthrough moment. Letting go of the whole chosen thing was such a game changer, both in my writing process and the the structure of the story itself. Now, everybody here who's making anything knows that anytime we let go of an idea material, a character, a place, it means losing something that we've worked hard for. 
beautiful language we've crafted, words that we've chosen, conversations we've choreographed. But everybody knows that if we cling to everything in the drafting process, we're never going to transform. We're never going to level up and our characters are never going to level up. But what temperance is suggesting is that actually you are totally ready. So I think temperance might say, hey, you want to take part in this transformative alchemical balancing energy? You got to let something go. What are you holding on to right now, like so tightly that it strains your knuckles? Now, this might not be like an element of story. This could also be a goal. Of course, I do not want to discourage you from manifesting, visualizing how big and amazing your projects are going to be when they're complete. Do that. But I know I say it all the time. If we focus too much on product, if we're clinging to the idea of how something will be consumed, it means that we are neglecting the materials that make up process. And in fact, we're neglecting our characters. We're neglecting those beautiful elements of story that need tending to throughout until we get to the finishing phase. What if we were to let go of the idea of any future whatsoever? What if we shed the need for anything beyond this moment? Could we make room for some transformative energy? Okay, so how do we let go? Because that's, that's easier said than done. It's very easy for me to chat about. It's much harder to do. I'm going to suggest a couple things. And what I want to suggest is actually a way to both let go and then simultaneously tap into something bigger than yourself to sort of tap into that notion of the temperance magic being something that seems impossible. Um, passing water back and forth between two chalices in a vertical fashion, that kind of extra magic that's outside of ourselves. So here's, here's my suggestion, a way to both let go and to tap into something bigger than yourself is to take a literal walk in the woods. Or if you're lucky enough to live close to a big body of water to get even closer to that big body of water or to find an open field where you can wander um, a path that leads off into a meadow where not too many people are around, maybe, where it feels sort of solitary and therefore bigger than you. Now, I get that these things are not always accessible. In fact, oftentimes they're not. So another way to go about this is to just find a wild corner, like a tiny park, or to just get close to a big tree that grows at the end of your block. And I, I say this because these elements of our existence can feel unfathomable if we come to them without agenda, without any need to do any work or accomplish anything to, to make anything or turn this existence that we're witnessing into story, because these things don't really need us. Of course, wild spaces need our protection. Absolutely. But like <laughs> to go to an extreme, like the depths of the ocean, which we know so little about, like the, that wild expanse of, that is part of this place that we live in, that we don't know at all, or like the system of roots beneath a forest and how trees communicate with each other. Like these things don't need us. They have their own magic. 
And I think sometimes when we go to these places, we let go naturally because we are not needed. Now, you may be saying, Claire, I don't want to visit a tree. (laughs) I'm not an outdoors person. Also, I don't have any trees nearby. Um, It's a desert or it's too cold out. Listen, I want you to think about the places you inhabit that make you feel small, like small, but magical. Like when, when do you feel something extra? You know, that might be choir practice for you. Like that might be your singing group. That, that might not be a moment alone. It might be a moment when you're actually surrounded by people, but you feel like you're tapping into something extra. It might be a space where you are surrounded by visual art. Take a moment, think, think about your own extra space. Hold that in your mind and make a plan right now. How are you going to engage with that energy in the coming days, weeks, whatever's possible? How can you let go of the idea of working for balance or working for the right harmony in whatever you're making? How can you just like let those new wings just dry off for a bit in the sun? Like, where can you just go sit on a rock? Like sit in the silence or sit in a room full of music? Where are you not really needed and yet you're filled with the feeling that you are deeply connected to this extra, this extra power, this extra magic? Take a breath. Deep breath in, exhale. Yes, there is a lawnmower in the background. I think you can hear it. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening this far. Stick around, I hope, for a little bit of guided writing or reflection if you so choose. Yes, please. If you are writing, I invite you to clear yourself a space and put the phone somewhere you can't see it. Turn off your notifications. Keep in mind um, that you can pose these questions to either yourself or to a character. And if you are a writer with a character in progress, I strongly recommend you do this writing activity twice, back to back if you have time, once for you and once for one of your characters, somebody that you want to get to know a little bit better. Here we go. First prompt. I want you to consider what in your process of creating do you feel yourself actively clinging to right now? This could be an idea or an element of the story that you're weaving, or it could be an element to process itself. For example, the need to finish by a specific deadline, which, hey, if you're getting paid, I get it. (laughs) You have to meet the deadline. (laughs) So that may not apply to you. Or it could be the need to impress someone specifically could be clinging to that. So either, yeah, an idea or an element to process. What are you clinging to right for seven minutes here without judgment, just observing and just letting yourself speak to the page about what you might be holding on to a little too tightly when it comes to creating. Prompt number two, I want you to visualize what it looks like to leave this idea or element of process behind. Turn it into something. 
what is the chrysalis or shell or transformative home of your choice? What does this transformative shelter look like when you finished with it? And then the part two to this. So there's a part one, there's a part two. You probably saw part two coming. What does the bird or butterfly creature that's emerging from this transformative shelter, what does it look like when it leaves and takes flight? Take seven minutes for each. Seven minutes for the shell, seven minutes for the transformed creature. Once you've let go, what is left behind and what is made new? Tell the page about both. And now with these last several minutes, three, four, five, whatever you got, circle back to that notion of the space that makes you feel small but magic, that makes you feel small but connected. Take a moment to jot down some ideas about this place and how you can engage with it in the coming days. Take another breath to close out. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. And thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank yourself. Thank yourself for taking the time to write, to reflect, to create. If you enjoyed the episode, please share with your friends. You can follow Fool and the Page for episode updates. And then for writing programming, mentoring, tarot reads, follow Blue Stone Writers. Hope to see you Friday, April 1st for the new moon readings. And regardless, take care and I'll write with you again soon. Bye.